This is Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national and international stories, focusing on journalism and communication issues, news, and politics. Now, the latest edition of Update One. I'm Sarah Dolezal, a member of the National Press Club and the NPC's broadcast podcast team. For this episode of Update One, I'm discussing the NPC's annual scholarship awards. NPC awards three scholarships each year for incoming undergraduate and graduate students. Two of the awards, the Richard G. Zimmerman Journalism Scholarship and the Scholarship for Journalism Diversity, honoring Julie Hsu, are awarded to high school seniors who will pursue a career in journalism. And the Feldman Fellowship for Graduate Studies in Journalism is awarded to students pursuing graduate degrees in journalism. Today, I have Alicia Monday and Julian Rich with me to chat about the NPC Scholarship Awards. Alicia chairs the NPC Scholarship Awards Committee and also sits at the judges' table. She is a longtime investigative journalist whose work can be found at the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, and other national publications. Julian Rich is also a National Press Club member, and this is her first year on the NPC's Board of Governors. Julian is the aerospace and energy reporter at Investors Business Daily. For the past three years, Julian has judged the NPC Scholarship Awards and has been the co-chair for two years. So, Alicia, I start with you. As the chair for National Press Club Scholarship Awards, tell me about the awards and the history behind them at the club. These are pretty prestigious awards, and they also really bring something to the table. Two of the awards are for $5,000 each. One of them is for $20,000 spread out over four years. That's life-changing. I think Jillian would agree with me if you want to cut in here about the importance of these awards to these kids and people's lives. Right. As we know, you know, paying for college is getting more and more expensive, so every little bit helps, and I think that all of these scholarships are a life-changing amount of money that just takes off the burden of worrying about paying for college, and kids can then focus on, you know, um, studying and becoming the best journalist they can while in school. Alicia, what is your role, and how does that play into the success of those who have been selected for the awards? Well, technically, I am chairman of the scholarship committee, but in fact, I work in tandem with uh, Jillian, who was co-chair last year, but is now actually a member of the Board of Governors of the National Press Club, and she is our liaison, which means she gets to do just as much scut work as I do, um, (laughs) going through early copies of what we're going to say and what we're going to look at, and, you know, putting lists together. We had... Oh, I I think for one category, we probably had close to 100 applications this year, and we really needed to get that down. And you you really have to go through, and everybody thinks they have met the standard, and they're such good, you know, they're such good applications. But every once in a while, you'll see people who have just gone above and beyond what you expected, and you're like, wow, I'm, you know, my semifinalist, you know, my semifinalists have all joined together, and, and you see it. I think Jillian and I both would like to, you know, uh, talk about between last year and this year what we found. I mean, we had winners last year who were so far ahead in what they did in high school. Don't even get into graduate school. But so far ahead in what they did and thought and put together that it was work that would clearly qualify for inclusion in any newspaper, including the New York Times, these days. 
such phenomenal effort, and they were head and shoulders above everything I did in high school, and I thought I was working my tail off. <laughs> so I was blown away. This year's winners, um, I think Jillian would say, are just, they are, again, phenomenal. They're like, they did what? I mean, uh, we chose them this year because they're going to be great journalists. That's that's the main standard. But then, uh, you know, in all of the cases, the three the three categories, winners, and, and the runner-ups, I mean, they have a minor goal each. They want to change the world. I'm going to let Jillian take it from there. I think you covered it. I think that's pretty much what we do. We're looking for who we think is going to be the best journalists, and a lot of them have already written on some very complicated and interesting topics that would be welcome in any newsroom today. Jillian, can you give me examples of maybe some of the criteria that you're looking for specifically? We're looking for more than just your basic, what you might see in a yearbook or what's going on around campus. So not to say that that's not interesting, but to take that and dive a little bit deeper into um, what that means for your school, students at the school, and the surrounding community. So we're looking for interesting ideas, stuff that can really go in depth. And it doesn't have to be the most polished package. One year, I know we gave it to an underprivileged student in an underprivileged school district that wasn't able to have such a flashy package as some of the other competitors. But we could see deep down how he was helping his community that was a news desert and didn't have a local newspaper. We even saw the local television station looking at his website, his Facebook, to try to find the news that they would pull to use on their broadcast. So that's somebody that has shown journalistic intuition, that's really helping his community, and that's that's really what we're looking for. Like, do they have this good, solid foundation and what it really takes to be a journalist? I think Jillian would agree that they approach this as they've been told journalists must do. Uh, You know, you start with the, the mantra, facts are your friends, you don't lie, and you always try and get what the other side has to say. You, you cannot go to sleep until you've done everything you can to get and include what the other side has to say. And in all these cases, we saw that. We saw students in high school, in high schools that did not have fancy graphics abilities and everything else, just go the distance making sure that in the end, the standards of their piece would match anything in the Washington Post. Okay, well, that makes sense. And Jillian, from my understanding, judging the scholarship rewards typically involves a lot of paper clips, photocopies, and judges chugging coffee while reading through the mounds of paper at the press club. But this year is different because of the coronavirus outbreak. As the co-chair for the National Press Club's annual scholarship awards, walk me through your role in the selection process. How did COVID-19 change the process? So COVID-19 changed everything pretty much about the process. We had a very kind of old school analog way of doing things. You had to mail in paper applications. Stuff would be submitted on CD-ROMs if you had video or audio. You know, we would bring people together to the press club to judge. And that way worked, though we did want to upgrade some of it, um, make it a little bit more modern, no more CDs. We wanted things, hopefully, to be submitted electronically. And that was something that we were working on the press club with. However... Like those things, coronavirus has pushed that timeline forward by a lot. We were able to uh, really kind of get the ball rolling on, okay, here's what we want for next year to bring this to become more digital and more like what journalism students are, technology they're dealing with today. 
So we had to thank you very much to the press club helping us scan all the documents in. Alicia did a great job in going through and picking out who would be the finalists that we would judge. We, we made, um, made sure that everyone met the requirements stipulated on the scholarship website. We uploaded all of those files to a drive. Then we tried to get our fellow journalist members of the club um, to come and help judge the scholarship. But instead of going to the press club, so we did miss the breakfast and the coffee in the morning, we were all able to do it over Zoom. So we had the judges read through the files with their group, discuss it, pick out a winner from each group, which is what we normally do. Instead of being at tables, we are now in Zoom breakout rooms. We brought those winners to the main group, had everyone read those winners, and we narrowed it down then to the one final winner for the diversity scholarship. When Jillian and I were looking through the winners of the Feldman Scholarship, the graduate one, again, we we had five finalists. It was hard to break them up. Each one of them had a goal, which was nothing less than to fix large portions of a broken world, whether it had to do with health care, hunger, understanding science so that we would have food in the future, understanding the oceans. It was stunning, the, the depth of knowledge there that they showed, and enterprising. I mean, people went out of their way to say, okay, I'm at a school where they don't put together databases. Excuse me, I'm going to put <laughs> together the world's largest database on hunger statistics, and this gets better. I'm going to show you how to present this in a way that people who normally fall asleep seeing statistics will not fall asleep. By the time I'm done with what I'm doing with these statistics and data, you will think that hunger is something you must be wide awake for and you must get up and march against like now. I, I was truly impressed that the journalists this year, um, not just the graduate level but others, knocked me over. But again, they were thinking, uh, you know, God, I hate this cliche. They were thinking outside the box, but they really were. They thought beyond what, what their own capabilities seemed to be, what their school's capabilities seemed to be in terms of technology, what they had seen outside, you know, when they'd been to conferences with other high school students or other graduate students, and they just said, oh, no, we can do better than this. I was blown away. Where do you find the applicants? Where do they come from usually? Well, they come from all over the U.S. We have the applications on our website. The deadline is typically in March or May, depending on the scholarship. So we did see a reduction of applicants this year as everyone's life kind of turned upside down in mid-March. We hope to get back to the higher levels in applicants of next year. And then we see with the graduate students and the, under, um, the students on their way to college, a wide variety of different schools they're going to in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, so they have some pretty big ambitions, lots of interesting programs from everything from learning how to be a science journalist to investigative reporting to other types of communication. It was really, really interesting seeing all the diverse places and programs that these applicants were interested in. And how are you handling the award ceremony this year? I think it's canceled. Is that correct then? While there might not be the awards ceremony dinner, we still are hoping to have some type of awards ceremony or announcement or some way that we can get 
these students that deserve this recognition from Press Club and other journalists to make sure that they get their chance to be acknowledged like they typically are every year at the dinner. But that's still to be determined, and we're kind of working through those logistics as we hear more about how the rest of the award might be announced. These are significant amounts of money, um, including the one for diversity in journalism, which is $20,000 spread out over four years. The winner last year, Edna Rutland, came from Macon County, Georgia. Her high school really had almost nothing in the way of technology. Uh, They managed to produce um, a very interesting high school newspaper, and they didn't pull punches. I mean, they had things to say. They had things to say about students and students not having access to all the instruments of learning that they wanted. Students that were, you know, out in Macon County, Georgia, they didn't have the money that Atlanta had, and they wanted you to know about it. It was very impressive. I, I really, I can't say enough about the students. I remember one young man who did not win last year. He had sports stories, but his sports stories were about injured high school and college football players who probably had just had, you know, their their you know, long sought careers wiped out. And what that means for them and what that means for their parents and scholarships and finances. I mean, somebody in high school level was thinking this one through. So I'm glad these awards are as good as they are. Frankly, I would like to see more money for them. I would love to be able to give money to, you know, several more winners in each category. Just so many great students there with such multiple diverse backgrounds. They're coming from They have really interesting points of view. So definitely, we would love to give more money if possible, have more winners, uh, something maybe for the runners-up. Or just, it's so great. Sometimes it's very difficult to decide who is the winner. There's just, everyone is so talented. So where are the past scholarship winners now? How has the awards helped the um, winners? Obviously, the money is helpful, but... Do you have any um, follow-up about how it's actually impacted their careers or after college or during college? One of them was from 2000, I think, six or seven. His name was Terrell Brown, and he was going to be a, a young broadcaster. I think he's now sitting on the CBS or the ABC evening desk in Chicago. The ones who have won have, for the most part, all moved on into journalism. There have only been a few who actually dropped out of journalism, and that was to go into things that gave them more of an activist role, and you can't be an activist and a journalist at the same time. So, uh, you know, one case I talked to someone from several years ago who had won and dropped being a journalist, but who was so moved by the story she had covered that she didn't want to just cover them anymore in the objective way on the one side or the other side. I mean, she just said, I've got something here, and I want to go make a difference directly. So I thought this was really impressive. I mean, this is not water rolling off a duck's back with these winners. I mean, it mattered to them. It mattered to them that they had been recognized, and they took that with them to the university and to graduate school. Okay, people have put faith in you, and and do you have that faith in yourself, and, and are you going to live up to it? So I was amazed when I talked with them that something like winning an award like this actually does make a difference in their lives, not just financially. This year it's been a bit of a struggle, but, you know, in future years you will have some of the past scholarship winners, make it more of a network so the future winners can, you know, talk to past winners, talk about their career trajectories, 
things that they've learned throughout their time as a journalist and really get and then help get more people involved um, with this network of, of top-notch journalism students. That sounds great. Alicia and Julian, do you have any final thoughts about the scholarship awards? Any feelings about how it helps um, you maybe how you feel about them? Last year was my first year. It had such an amazing impact on me, and I had dragged a couple of friends who are journalists in as as extra judges the, the morning of when we were still all coming together. And in both instances, they, they were just, they came away kind of changed. Uh, it, it was a different view of this is, this is what people are thinking. This is what high school people are burdened with these days. These are, these are kids coming up, and, and they are so far beyond what we did in, in high school and what we thought. I'll give you one, one example. The winner last year in the graduate category, Brett, was working on something that at the time, um, you know, at least one person had said to me, it sounds kind of esoteric, but, you know, she's certainly very good. And it was something involving the environment and your health, and then your environment and your health, and perhaps was there something figuring in that a third factor? Did it have to do with, let's say, poverty, your location? And right now, how many times have you seen issues and articles about, I wouldn't even say the connection, it's the collision between environment and money and poverty and and what's going to happen to you. And it is just amazing to see that. And this is what she was working on, you know, environmental issues and health care and health. And does money make a difference? And the answer was yes. Yes, without a doubt. Judging the scholarships is by far my favorite thing that I do at the press club. I just feel like I leave Saturday, that Saturday morning event and felt that I actually made a difference. Some days it can feel like a real slog dealing with a lot of the work stuff. But doing that, I just feel lighter afterwards and happy that what I did in those couple of hours has just changed someone's life forever. I'm just so glad that we have the opportunity to do something that great here at the Press Club. Well, listen, Julian, thank you for your generosity in joining me today. And with that, Sarah Dolezal for Update One. Update One is a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Podcast Committee. You can comment on this podcast or any episode of Update One by sending an email to Update One Podcast. That's update the number one podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Update One. <laughs>